Hey, welcome to my basement, everybody. Hello, Victor Lucas. Happy holidays Happy to holidays. you and yours. Man, can you hear the echo in here? Yeah, what happened? I cleaned up. This is like being in that room where they keep the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Except everything's neatly put away and on shelves. And, and I it, guess that room was kind of neat. It was yeah. just massive and filled with boxes. One day I would like to have a, uh, a mansion with a room that stuffed with cool collectibles. You know what I always imagine in the Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse there? That one of those warehouse boxes is filled with Hustlers. Okay. I don't <laughs> think so. I, was Hustler even uh, in publication back then? <laughs> it was, but uh, all the women wore like several blankets. <laughs> I think that was, it was called Hustlers the several blankets years. It was called Gams. <laughs> dames with gams <laughs> dames with gams hey listen yeah. we have a christmas present or we a holiday sure present wow a non-denominational present of some sort for our uh, our viewers and kwanzaa listeners present our kwanzaa present to everyone is uh, we are collecting all of our rocket and ray gun shows all four episodes into one long ass wonderful podcast for you that's right you know what if you didn't play any video games at all in 2012 all you have to do is listen to this podcast today and you will be educated you will be brought up to speed i'm telling you in the future aliens will discover this podcast and they'll be like so that's what video games were like in 2012 yeah bingo let's press play Five of my favorite people are joining me right now. Did you count me? Yeah, you're in there. There's five, there's six, five? right? <laughs> we like to get together every year and talk about the best games that have come out. That's what the Rocket and Ray Guns are all about. And 2012 was a bit of a kind of a roller coaster year for video games. We were a bit worried this year, but it turned out that there were actually quite a few fantastic titles to get excited about. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate them all throughout four episodes. This is the first of four. And we're going to start things off with the best driving game of 2012. Dirt Showdown, Forza Horizon, Little Big Planet Karting, Need for Speed Most Wanted, and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. A heated category to kick things off with. That's the way we roll here at the Rocket and Ray Gun Awards. Ben Silverman, what was the best racing game of 2012? Well, I do think this is a two-game race, so to speak. I mean, the current racers were pretty cool. I didn't really like Little Big Planet, but I did like the Sonic game. Yeah. But we're not going to talk those. We're going to talk Forza versus Need for Speed. Feels like it's going to come down to this year in, year out. And I got to say, even though I liked Forza, I was surprised by it. How do you possibly vote against Need for Speed? I mean, that's like, you know, never engage in a land war in Asia, never put out a racing game when Criterion is putting out a racing game because they're going to beat you. I think Need for Speed as the most complete racer I played this year. All right. Jose, what do you say? Do you back up, Ben? I totally back up, Ben. You know, I played Forza first because that was the game that we reviewed first on our list of games that we had to play. And then once I finally jumped into Need for Speed and just realized, yeah, this game is actually better than Forza. It's better than I expected. I mean, we've been getting Need for Speed games. There's like six a year. No, no. But I definitely thought that it was the best of all the games that we took a look at. All units. Watch your speed. We want to catch these guys, not lose units. Over. Steve Tilly, what do you think, my friend? Well, I want to give some props to uh, Forza because I'm not really into the hardcore gearhead yeah. tuning kind of games, yeah. but I think they really hit a more accessible vibe with this. They, there's something that they did with the open world thing that made it more to my liking. I'm not a hardcore sim guy, but I really had a lot of fun with it. But then. As Ben says, it's always Need for Speed and then whatever else comes second. I'm going to go for Need for Speed as well, and I think the deal with that game is it's the multiplayer focus, right? It's just candy. 
You know, I got to tell you, I'm a little let down by this category, and I'm a little let down that we're starting with this category yeah. because I think racing games in general had a really soft year this year. I mean, look at all these games. They're all great. They're all competent, but they're not innovating. They're not growing. They're not changing. There's a gas. There's a brake. I know this is how racing games have always been. <laughs> yeah. I don't this is how they work. The kart racing games both kind of innovated. There was boating yeah, and Sonic. There was flying and boating. Yes, yeah. props to Sega for including those two things. I'm going to give it to Need for Speed Most Wanted, but you know, that city is so damn boring. It is mm. the most dead city. I keep expecting zombies from The Walking Dead to come out from the alleys and attack my car, and that would be more exciting <laughs> than anything that happens in that game. For sure. Raju, what would you pick, though, out of race? Well, you know, you can tell from, from my hippie styles that you're know, riding around to crazy rock shows is, is what I try and do, so Forza Horizon, absolutely. Oh. I actually think it looks a bit better than Need for Speed as well. I yeah. The graphics are incredible. You know how to make cars. I mean, they really love the cars. Those developers there really are good at that. I mean, that's yeah. the whole Forza series is about kind of car porn, and that's what this game's got. So are you picking Horizon? I'm going with Horizon, yes. Okay, but our, our winner is Deed for Speed Most Wanted. Congratulations, Criterion. I think that's about seven or eight Rocket and Reagan awards we've given to these guys. Make room on the shelf. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. We have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. Let's look at the best sports games of 2012. FIFA Soccer 13, Madden NFL 13. NBA 2K 13, NHL 13, SSX. All right, sports games. I know that's your forte, Mr. Scott Jones. I'm going to throw it to your itch in to talk about sports games. I am, Victor. I am. Yeah. Actually, I'm not. Can, no. can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. NHL 13 and NBA 2K 13. I think these are probably what this is all going to come down to. And I know that Ben and Jose in particular love the NBA 2K 13, and I know you did as well. I'm in awe of that game. And I do feel like NHL 13 was just a tiny incremental kind of step forward for the team. I know that all of the puck heads here at the office, they might appreciate some of the deeper nuances in this game. But I didn't. So for me, by default, it's NBA 2K13 all the way. All right, Ben Silverman, what's your choice, my friend? Well, you know, I feel like all of these sports games, they're good. Yeah. They're solid. And they're getting better a little bit each year. That being said, I think it almost boils down to what your favorite sport is. Right. For me, it's basketball. NBA 2K13, it's the winner. You know you're right, Ben. Thanks, Scott. It makes me feel good when you say that. Raju, what are you going to say, my friend? I actually really did like NHL 13, and I like the true skating stuff that they added there. It made the game harder, yep. but, you know, I found it refreshing trying to get better at it. And honestly, without hockey, it kind of filled in the void for me. So, yeah, for sure. NHL 13 for me. Nice wrist. Oh, what a shot! Scores! Jose, what are you going to choose, my friend? Well, you know, it saddens me that Jerry Rice and Nidus' dog football wasn't on the list of best sports. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's my shoe-in. Top of the charts, baby. Madden tried something new with the new engine that they were going for, and that, I mean, it was cool that they tried something new. It doesn't really work as well as it should, so hopefully next year that game will be totally amazing and be winning a Rock and Ray Gun Award. But, yeah. well, you know, Michael Jordan for three, throwing <laughs> it down. NBA 2K, my friend, that yeah. game has been so amazing. Steve, is it going to be basketball or hockey? Well, Ben's right. It boils down to what sport you like the best. And I've been missing the hockey this season. But yeah. I do want to say, because nobody else has mentioned, SSX was solid. You know, I really like what they I wanted that to be better, though. Yeah, we did. That was a magical. That's why I have great memories of that game, because you and I reviewed it together. Oh. 
I wanted SSX to be better, and I gotta tell you, Madden, I actually liked playing it on the Wii U with drawing there on the go. gamepad, but I didn't see the visual fidelity that I wanted and the physics fidelity that I wanted. It does kind of default to your sport, but I think, I'm flipping though, I'm going to NHL 13. I think that they, uh, I, I, uh, I think that team, they kick ass every single year, and NHL 13 was phenomenal. Shot! I think we have a bit of a tie situation here for NBA and NHL, and, and uh, I know you guys were all expecting me to vote for NBA, but I'm voting for NHL. I'm the tiebreaker. NHL 13 is our Rocket and Ray Gun Award uh, winner. Amending the tea table, just as uh, Miyamoto says. <laughs> there we go. Sean and Marissa have joined us, Team Lustrous. So, of course, we're going to be talking about mobile games. We're going to start with the best puzzle game of 2012. Beat Sneak Bandit, Nyalumbra. Splice, Tree of Life. A very tough and confusing category, as most of these mobile games are going to be because they blend all kinds of genres. But Marissa, you've got to pick one now. Which is your favorite puzzle game? Oh, uh, this is such a tough category. I'm going to go with Beat Sneak Bandit, though, because this game just blew me away. This game gets your toe tapping, your finger snapping. I feel like everybody can play this game, young, old. Everybody can love it. This game is just perfect puzzling. Sean, are you going to agree with that? I'm going to have to agree, yeah. It combines my loves of music, video games, and puzzles in such a neat little package. I love the visual presentation of the game. It feels so good. Just getting into it, I had no idea that I was going to love this game as much as I did when we yeah. got it to review. And it's just one of those gems that I think hasn't had a lot of attention this year so and true. totally deserving of it. The other games are great, but not as great as Beat Sneak Bandit, I would say. Scott? One of the things I always look for in any video game is does this not look like any other video game out there? And Niall Umbra definitely qualifies on that front. Yeah. But I agree 100% with Sean and Marissa. I could not stop playing Beat Sneak Bandit. Even when this thing got damn difficult, I still kept at it. I was tenacious as hell. I love this game. It gets my vote all the way. <laughs> It's going to be unanimous for me, too. I think Beat Sneak is perfect on the iOS platforms. I don't know if it's on Android. People should look for it if it's on Android. It would have been Niall Umbra any other year, but Beat Sneak is just perfect in this category. And so congratulations, Beat Sneak Bandit. You are our favorite puzzle game for 2012. Now we're going to move on to the best action game. Dugan Patchy, Blissful Death. Infinity Blade 2, Samurai 2, Vengeance. Tough category. Sean, I'm going to start with you. Which one are you going to pick, man? I have to choose the game that made me the craziest. It's Dota Patchy, Blissful Death. I loved playing this so much, and I also hated playing it at the same time. It's one of those games where you die, and you know that you died because you sucked and you screwed up. And just the fact that it has that old-school arcade feel to it, it's its from a long line of old-school arcade bullet hell shooters. It makes awesome is perfect for me. Scott, what are you going to pick? You know what? Dodon Patchy is so fun to say. Say it at home if you haven't said it. <laughs> say it out loud, even if you're sitting there alone. Dodon Patchy. But you know what? Infinity Blade 2 was the game that I probably spent the most time on of all three in this category. So Infinity Blade 2 is my choice. Yeah, it's my choice as well. I don't think it's uh, a very interesting choice. I think it's kind of a boring choice, and it was such a huge game when the first game came out, so it's more of the same, but it's just so elegant. It's just so well made. Beautiful. Which one are you going to pick, Marissa? I suppose my vote doesn't matter anymore, but I really enjoyed Samurai 2 Vengeance. It was 
fantastic. Just the animation was so amazing, the mm. sound, it was so beautiful to play, the blood splattering on the screen. I just loved it so much, and I was surprised with how much I loved it. So that gets my vote, but I guess it doesn't really matter. No, I guess it's Infinity Blade 2 that wins. But we voted across the board there on, on each of these games, so you have to download all three. That's right, there goes $6 from your wallet. <laughs> We are now tackling probably the toughest category of them all. It's the action adventure of 2012. Disembodied Voice, the nominees. Assassin's Creed 3, Darksiders 2, Dishonored, Hitman Absolution, Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes, Lego The Lord of the Rings, Max Payne 3, New Super Mario Brothers U, Sleeping Dogs, Zombie U. Wow, that's a lot of games, guys. That's a lot of games. We've got Legos, we got zombies, we got stealth games. Well, this category sucks. It's so hard to kind of pick, you know, how you sort of classify all of these so titles. We should, we should, let's skip yeah, it. It's let's crazy. try to skip it then. Yeah. Yeah. Right along. Let's go something we'll else. We'll be right back. <laughs> None of you win. Who wants to get a sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to need a sandwich after this because there's a lot to chew on. Yeah. Jose, why don't you start us off? What's your action oh, adventure game of 2012? This. this is tough, you know? I mean, all year long I've been saying, the first time I saw Assassin's Creed 3, that that was going to be the game of the year. Yeah. I, just, I just knew. It. And, and then, then I played, you played I, it. And then I played the game for 12 hours, and I was still a little boy. Yeah. I wasn't even an assassin. Yeah. I was like, when the hell does this game start? Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get to it, you know? And me and Ben, we took a look at the Lego Lord of the Rings game. Total surprise. Like, I couldn't believe how good of a Lego game that was. It's obvious that TT was like, can we make Lego Lord of the Rings? Like, they were saving it all for this game. But, you know, Dishonored was a game that really surprised me. I knew it was going to be good. I played it, and it, it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be, but I still had a hell of a time. I'm playing it. I'm going to go ahead and just give my nod to Dishonored. Okay. Mm, I feel like that might be a lot of people's choice here, but we got to cut through it. Yeah. Let's go with uh, Steve right next to you. What do you think, man? Well, yeah, I think we know how this is going to shake out in the final voting, but um, I got I got to give huge props to Sleeping Dogs and uh, the guys here in Vancouver. That game seemed to come out just when we needed a GTA-type clone. It did everything right, and I was completely surprised by how good it was. Yeah, so It was gameplay in every direction, right? Yeah. It was just so fun to play that thing. Yeah, a lot of people call it kind of like a Shenmue almost the Shenmue sequel because it had so many different elements from that game but in this GTA world as yeah. well I thought it was really and I gotta say I love the uh, Hitman Absolution because he is the second sexiest bald man <laughs> associated two. with video games number two but no I had a lot of expectations going to Dishonored and I agree I wasn't as blown away as I thought it would be but it was still the most original game of the year and one of the most flexible in terms of how it adapts to gameplay yeah it's going to be hard to, uh, to not give it to new Dishonored. IP. I mean, new IP goes a long way yeah, with, yeah. With, with game reviewers. We love new IP. But Scott, I'm dying to hear what you have to say here. I'm going to skip Vic for a minute because I know you had a lot of feelings about Assassin's Creed 3, one way or the other. You loved it. You didn't love it. I want to know what you, what you I think. I did. I love what Jose said about still being a little boy 12 hours in and, yeah. and you're still stealing toys from other little boys and in the game. Yeah, I know. Soon, I, I got a feeling. I love when you get to that 12-hour point and you get the mission that says, training begins. Yeah. <laughs> well, what the hell have I been <laughs> doing for the last 12 hours? I was a little let down by Assassin's Assassin's Creed 3, but you know, I'll talk about that another time, maybe over drinks. But right now, I want to talk about Zombie U because this was a game that I also kind of misread at first. I played it for a couple hours and I got the wrong idea about it. I had my stupid cricket bat and I'm going around and I'm just backpedaling from zombies, <laughs> trading cricket bats from one to the other. And I really ended up loving that game because I thought I had a terrific sense of place. But that's not my ultimate pick. My ultimate pick is Corvo and Samuel. This incredibly magical journey that you go on in Dishonored was unparalleled this year. I disagree with you guys. 
guys, I was knocked out by this game from start to finish. During the busiest season of the year, I finished it twice, and I loved every second of it. Dishonored all the way. Ruffians, every last one of them, rotten apples. Are we going to go unanimous or not? Let's find out, Vic. I was not expecting to love Dishonored as much as I ended up loving it. I just think it's a beautiful escape. I loved Dishonored, but in terms of action-adventure, I have to still give it to Assassin's Creed 3 because of the enormity of the experience. Multiplayer, the ship-to-ship -ship battles, I mean, it's just a massive accomplishment. I love Assassin's Creed 3. I hate Assassin's Creed 3 as well. I think there's a lot of problems with it, but it's still a behemoth that I can't ignore. And in this category, and maybe only in this category, I give it the nod. Mm. Wow. Well, Rajiv, what do you think? Well, I don't know. With AC3, I just felt like a bait and switch for the first five hours. I totally agree with Steve about Sleeping Dogs. But you know what? Max Payne 3. Awesome. I really love that game. I thought Rockstar did a fabulous job. Grizzled Max and, you know, I really enjoyed Throwing the up in the sink. Totally, and yeah. uh, popping pills yeah, all the yeah. time. And But you know what? The boldest measures are the safest. Yes. Yeah. It's dishonored. Guys, shall we gather for whiskey and cigars tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I think we shall. I got to go with that game as well. I played it, played it more. I stopped playing it. I said, I got to keep playing it. I went back. What's amazing, yeah. too, is, is, you know, single player only. I think there was a step away from, let's make sure we get multiplayer into this damn yes. thing, even if it blows so everyone can have it for three weeks before no one's playing it again, and it's a damn ghost town. I'm spitting all over the place. I'm so angry. <laughs> Bioshock 2, I hate you still. <laughs> I think it's time for us to go ahead and reward focus. Let's reward the game that was the most focused action adventure. Our winner, it's Dishonored. Congratulations, Arcane. Congratulations, Bethesda. You are the best of the year. It is group question time. This is the part of the show where we all address a group question. We all answer in turn. It's group therapy time, really, it's uncomfortable. is what it is. And today we're going to talk about what is the one review score from 2012 that you regret. Now, a few minutes ago, I mentioned Assassin's Creed 3, mm -hmm. and I'm going to mention it again because that was my embarrassing moment of 2012. That was the one score that I wish I could take back because, you know, I'm overwhelmed with what's going on in this game. I'm overwhelmed with the production values. And so my 9.5, hmm a little too high, I'd go a little lower, I would take maybe probably two points off of that, go down to maybe a 7.5. Steve Tilly, I would like to hear from you now, sir. Well, this is, this is a tough question because I'm always right. I had to go back and replay. We looked at this little artistic indie game called Dear Esther. And if I remember correctly, the episode ended, that episode ended over the ending credits with me mocking the game, basically going, Dear Esther, I've been walking through the highlands. I find myself easily slipping into the delusional state of ascribing purpose, deliberate motive to everything here. You know what, the weird thing is, I went back to that game later on and I played it again and, and I realized, you know, I was too hard on it. They were trying something really unusual. They were trying storytelling in a game through a really unusual means. The, the narration is actually somewhat random. It's not told in a linear fashion. You get these snippets of a backstory that you have to try to piece together. And I, I realized that, you know what, there's more soul to this game and more that I gave it credit for. I, I mean, it still drove me crazy. You couldn't walk in the wrong direction. You couldn't go off the path. There's all these invisible walls. But I thought, as a game that's trying to tell a story or you just evoke a certain emotion, it actually worked much better. And I gave it a 5.5. And if I were to score it again, I give it maybe a 7.5, possibly 7 .5. an 8. It touched so me when I went back to it. Touched me in a way it did in the first time. Or 2.5 difference there. Okay, I think this is a, it's a bit of an easy picking, but we just did the Wii U a little while ago. I gave it a 7.5. Spent more time with it. I think I'd drop it down to a 6.5. Wow. You know what? 
I'm not really playing it that much. Yeah. You know what? Of the launch titles, there isn't anything that really, really wow. stands out to me. I mean, Zombie I U is interesting. About this because you know we play all of these games when they come out for every console, but not everybody that gets this new machine has all the other machines and all the software for all the other machines. Yeah, and so, but you know, where's the killer game right now for this? Well, you know, killer games on it, but the, really. we've played them before. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think that's good enough right now. Even the Mario Brothers. I mean, come on, it's another side scroller, right? right? Like, do. it is slow. You know, I'm waiting on this TV stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they just had another Nintendo Direct where, you know, all of the big games that are coming are delayed. So, you know, the launch window that's supposed to go to March is now to what, next <laughs> August? <laughs> right? The window's getting bigger? Like, so I don't know. I think it's hard, it's hard for people to keep asking me, and it's hard for me to say why they should buy this right now. My one regret, and uh, I'm always right too, so it was a little hard for me to look down my list, but Starhawk was one that came out earlier in the year, and you were ribbing me when I reviewed it, and you were saying you were, you were only liking this thing because uh, it was a big game in this absence of big games back then. So I was digging it, and I, I was digging the production value, but I played it more, and it was uh, a little lean, a little dry, mm. a little boring, the single player. Uh, it was... I mean, it was Somebody okay. bring out the dish of crow? Because Vic should would like to eat so, some crow now. So I was wrong once, but that's okay. A game that we took a look at that I gave very high praise to was yeah. Spelunky. Yeah. That was huge on the PC for the longest time, right. and then it finally came to the XBLA. I would give, I mean, I gave that game like a 9. I would give that game a freaking 10 if yeah. I could, because I cannot stop Spelunking. It's whenever I had like five minutes of free time, or if I was going out to shoot something, i like, oh, let me just get a game of Spelunky, and then I'm, I'm sitting there. How much Spelunking do you do a day? <laughs> I literally have Talk about 80 hours of spelunking in this game, man. Ben Silverman, what's your revision? I regret your rescoring of Assassin's Creed. That is crazy. 7.5 is too low. I'm going to go with kind of Jose's idea here, which is a, a game that I loved. I gave a pretty high score to all year long because I'm talking about The Walking Dead. Whoa! Stop. He's awake. He's still bitten. So? This is about trying to save him. At the very least, buy him some time. Yeah. And we had to review that in episodes. That's how it was made. It's hard to review a game like that because, you know, each time I'm like, well, it's an 8.5. Well, it's another 8.5. How about another 8.5? Yeah. Right. And I just kind of got screwed into this 8.5 corner until the finale came out, which was great. And I gave it a 9. I should have gone higher wow. with the whole thing. The whole package is at least a 9, maybe higher. Yeah. It's, I think, maybe the best downloadable game of the year. We're human beings. We're fallible. You yeah. know, we're, we go through our own stuff in life. We get bad news someday, and then the camera turns on. We do the best we can. That's why it's awesome to have a team like you guys and to be able to trust work bouncing back and forth across the teams and to, uh, you know, give you guys a bunch of different viewpoints on all of this incredible content that we get to take a look at. We are going to be taking a look right now, and this is a big sign of how things have changed in video games, mm -hmm. the best downloadable games of 2012, and it's a big list. <laughs> Dust and Elysian Tale, Fez, Journey, Mark of the Ninja, Papo and Yo, Quantum Conundrum, Retro City Rampage, Cinemora, Spelunky, The Walking Dead. <laughs> Huge list, awesome games. Scott Jones, oh, you start us off. Why do I have to start? This thing is a behemoth. And I think the big choice here for everyone, the popular choice is gonna be Journey. And you know what? I gotta tell you, this is gonna sound like heresy, but I didn't like Journey all that much. And I know, I know, the gas. I know, you know, the thing is with these independent games, sometimes we treat them like they're little woodland animals that come out and visit us and they eat from our hands. And we don't wanna make any sudden movements because they might go back into the woods again. I get it, we have to honor the original vision. 
but for me, it's got to be Clay Entertainment's Mark of the Ninja. How do you do stealth action in two dimensions? Making it relevant again, right? This is the way to do it. These guys made an incredible game. I love the use of shadow and darkness. I love the characters in this game. There's so much personality. You can play through this thing in about four or five hours, and it is some of the best gaming of 2012, and that's my pick. Jose, I want to hear from you. You guys reviewed a lot of these games. What's yes. your favorite? You know, all of these games are freaking awesome and oh, deserve awards. I, you know, I just changed my score for Spelunky. I would have given that game a 10, but I gave another game a 45.5. <laughs> the Walking Dead. Yeah. The Walking Dead is hands down one of the best just video games in general that I've played all year. And the way that they kept me in the story over the months and kept me itching to play more and wanting to do more, and even going back through and changing some of the things that I did, hands down. You admitted to crying. I saw the review. You, you cried. Yeah. Yeah, it's a heavy Episode game. four, tier episode five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what's wonderful about The Walking Dead is that you can get it on so many different platforms. It's a iOS, really, yeah. Consoles, handhelds, everywhere. PC, Mac, Play yeah. people. Steve, what are you going to pick? Walking Dead did a great job of taking that fiction into another medium and doing a really great job with it. In fact, better than most of season two of the show, I would yeah. say. We got Retro City Rampage, which I got to honor because it's one guy's vision of this open world retro game. But I think it's going to come down to Journey because Journey was the game that when I played it, I was, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but I was just so filled with joy at a game that had no scoring system, no combat in it. The multiplayer co-op element was handled so well. You're teamed up with a stranger. You don't know this person's PSN ID. It's just yeah. somebody who's out there in the dunes helping you along. Right, Ben, what are you going to say? Well, I agree with what everyone said. I'm never going to disagree with any choice in this category because yeah. all of these games all should amazing. totally win. I think mechanically, Mark of the Ninja was the best game I played all year. Yes. I don't think I played a game that had better control. Just perfect. Yeah. It right. felt perfect in your hands. And then I think Journey had the greatest ending of a game that I had played this year. I mean, going up that mountain at the end of that game, the first time you would play it, it was emotional. It was hard. It was beautiful. You know what I mean? There was something about seeing that beacon of light. You've been you know, trying to make it there the whole time yeah. that game was such a journey literally yeah. but the walking dead <laughs> This was a game that started off good, got better, kept getting better. I mean, for a game to be great, for five different downloadable episodes, to get better and better, to get you more invested, to get you more emotionally invested, right. so that by the time you finished it, you're exhausted, but you want to go back and play it again. That's a trick that no game could do this year. I did cry at the end of this thing. That's two enormous hurdles that the industry has been trying to overcome for a long time. That is episodic content right. and an emotionally connecting one that actually makes you cry. That's my choice, The Walking Dead. Two for Walking Dead. Raju, what are you going to say? I think I agree with Scott in the sense that I think I wanted more out of Journey. I was really excited about it before it came out, and I played it, and I thought it was pretty good, but it doesn't get my vote this year. I think Papa and Yo had some problems, but I really like the fact that for being like sort of an arty indie game, actually having really beautiful graphics and, and like cool top in and cool yeah. mechanics, yeah. but the most fun I had Mark of the Ninja. Yes. Absolutely. Fabulous game. Totally loved it. That's my pick for this year. I think we have to give a shout out to Dustin Elysian Tail as well. That was a beautiful game made by a very small team. Fez One well. guy. I mean, Fez, Fez and Fez another Fez brought fantastic. a pencil and paper Maybe out into my world. I was writing down notes. I'm like, what does this mean? And you know what? It was going to be Journey for me all the way along because I just felt it was a nice part of the trilogy that that game company has put together. But I have to be honest, I liked Flower more than I liked Journey. 
And I think up until the final chapter of The Walking Dead, that's when it switched over for me. Because The Walking Dead, I think, not only is it the winner in this category, but it's also an important piece of interactive software for our industry, especially in this moment. Please. Please don't be one of them. Please don't become a walker. There's only one think you can do. This is a category where I could easily change my mind. Five or six different ways. All of them are worth your money. But congratulations to everybody involved at Telltale Games. The Walking Dead is a phenomenal achievement. Always. We love you, independent developers. Marissa and I are back on the set, which means we're talking about mobile games. And this next award is for the best mobile adventure game. Horn. Waking Mars. The Walking Dead. A lot of amazing competition in this category. It's so hard to choose one, but I'm going to wait and see what you have to say, Vic. I have to give it to the game that makes us cry, and that is The Walking Dead. It's an amazing accompaniment to the comic series and the television series. They did just such an amazing job with the animation and the emotion of the characters. You really care for everybody in that thing. It's a wonderful game. All right, let's see what Scott has to say. You know what? I kept hearing about Horn. You know, it's eco, but it's got touchscreen controls. It's for the iOS, and I'm so tired of these kind of games. They sort of ape other better games on the consoles. So my vote, I'm agreeing with Victor Lucas once again. <laughs> this is a rare moment. The Walking Dead all the way for me. And Marissa, how about you? Oh, I love The Walking Dead, but I'm going to have to go with Waking Mars just because it was so different. It was just so interesting what we needed to do in the game. It was unlike anything else we've ever had to do before. So because it was so unique and so interesting, I'm going to have to go with Waking Mars. The Tiger-style team is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. I've always been a big fan of space and exploration, so Waking Mars for me, it just had me from the get-go. And the fact that the visual presentation of this game is so slick, the graphics are very simple if you break it down to its base parts, but just the layering, the depth, as you're going down into that cave, as soon as you start, it had me right away. So I'm gonna have to pick Waking Mars. We got a toss-up here. Yeah, I'm the tiebreaker. Victor Lucas. Yeah. So it's the Walking Dead all the way. I can't believe Walking Dead won that one, especially because it's on other platforms. I'm yeah. the tiebreaker, man. I'm sorry. It's beautiful on the tablets. That's not fair, you guys. I'm we sorry. should be the tiebreaker. Nope. Sorry. Nope. I'm also Iron Man. <laughs> Moving on, it's time to give out the award for best run for your life game. Jumping Fin Turbo Adventure Time, Rayman Jungle Run, Verticus. If there's one thing all these games have in common, apart from running for your life, is they're all a little bit silly. Marissa, what are you going to pick? Oh, this is such a tough category because I really enjoyed the fact that Stan Lee was actually talking to me while I was playing a video game That's in Verticus. Awesome that was play, awesome. Right? Yeah. You made it to the Earth's core. But I also love Jumping Fin Turbo because I love Adventure Time. But I also love Rayman. Oh, man, this, this one's really tough. It is hard. I'm going to go with Rayman. Oh. What? <laughs> you chose wrong. Oh, no. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's a perfect pick up and play. This is just so tough, though. It's really not fair. It's so elegant. Rayman's my choice as well. It's just a really, really lush, beautiful looking game. And it's simple, but it really connects the dots with the origins and legends. And it's way better than what you think you're going to get out of a $2 experience for your mobile. Yay! 
Yay! Well, you know what, Marissa? You did not choose poorly there. I agree with you, and I agree with Victor 100%. Raymond, Jungle Run, all the way. I love how crisp the graphics are in this thing. I love how incredibly tuned the gameplay is, and this is one of those run-for-your-life games that actually feels very responsive when you touch the touchscreen. And it's beautiful, and it's intriguing, and you feel like you're actually in a jungle. It's crazy fun. You smile when you play it. Say it with me, though. Rayman. Raymond. Rayman. Everybody loves Raymond. Rayman. Yeah, it's Rayman. Yeah. Well, as mathematical as Jumping Fin Turbo is, and as much as a fan I am of Adventure Time and its comic book incarnation, I have to agree, Rayman, oh, it's so good. Yes, uh, Raymond. Unanimous for Rayman, Jungle Run. Raymond? Rayman. Rayman. <laughs> Yay! We are celebrating the best in gaming for 2012, and right now we're going to look at the best portable game on a device that doesn't make phone calls. What? Such a thing? Gravity Rush, Little Big Planet, Resident Evil Revelations, Uncharted Golden Abyss, Wipeout 2048. Contender eliminated. I noticed something that a lot of these games have in common. They're uh, all, well, four of the five are on Vita. Mm. Vita had a great year. It had a great year, but who's buying the Vita? No, there was lots of good software we for this machine. Sony for not trying. Exactly. They're trying. They're trying. All right, Gio, I want to hear from you first. Best portable. Well, you know, first I'm going to go off the board, Alex. I love Professor Layden. One came out this year. I mean, it is more the same, but whatever. He's a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> but of this list, I love Gravity Rush. Mm. You know, new IP, definitely had some problems, but I love flying around, and I love the city, I love the aesthetic. I really enjoyed that game. Foobs, what are you saying? For me, it seems like a lot of these games are launch Vita titles, you know? Like, yeah. once the Vita launched, it came with a whole lot of good stuff, and then it sort of died down. But Uncharted, for me, was the game that just looks the prettiest when you're playing the Vita and you're showing it to people, and you're like, yeah, you know, you've seen Uncharted on the PlayStation 3, but take a look at it on the Vita. And you're like, oh my god, this is gold in my hand. Hey, there's something there. Can you reach it? Maybe. Hold on. For me, of the games that are on the list, I'm going to give the nod to Nathan Drake. i got to be with you on that one, because for a launch game especially, the, the fact that we could get a full Uncharted experience on a handheld device. That wasn't a port of any of Well, no. Yeah. It was a brand new original Nathan Drake adventure, and it taught us all these crazy ways we could use the Vita touchscreen and the back touch. Oh, we like the back touch. touch. We like the rear touch. Yeah. Ben, what are you saying? Yeah, it's a hell of a tech demo and a crappy game. That's what I think. <laughs> Forget Uncharted. I'm sorry. There was not enough gameplay in that. To me, it was just dull. It was, I think, the most boring Uncharted I've played. I'm going with Gravity Rush as well. I think that was a very cool, very fun game. And even though I didn't score it very high, Vic, you and I reviewed that, I played it more and I got more invested in this world. And really it's cool. It's great to be an original title as well. Scott Jones, I feel like you're not going to throw in behind Nathan Drake. Nope, I'm going to leave that alone. Ben Silverman, you made your bet on that one. I love that you did. Don't like Little Big Planet in general. I think the mechanics are way off, but I kind of like the Vita version of yeah. Little Big Planet. But the big Vita winner for me has got to be Wipeout 2048. I was playing this thing and the photorealistic graphics on this thing, and I never say this on the show, I never get too excited about the visuals in a game. This game looks like something special. And it also includes all of the PlayStation 3 Wipeout HD content if you'd already bought it and cross-platform play. I loved Wipeout. I gave it a 10. I stand by the 10. I love Little Big Planet. I think it's perfect on the Vita. But I am such an Uncharted fanboy, and I just loved the experience of playing through that story. I loved Uncharted. It's too little to kiss in this game. I can. Yeah, I, I, I love this game. I'm going to give it to Uncharted Golden Abyss. So that is Nathan Drake taking home the treasure as it should be. Congratulations. Just hold my nose over here. <laughs> Oh, God, no! We don't see a lot of the plastic instruments anymore, but we're still gonna look at some of the best music games of 2012. Here they are. 
Dance Central 3, Just Dance 4, Rhythm Heaven Fever, Rock Band Blitz, Sound Shapes. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I was trying to sing or just, just, just be excited. I'm not sure. It's, a, it's pretty good. It's a nice voice. It's kind of telling, I think, that we don't have a bunch of the classic instrument games in the best music game this year. A lot of dancing, though. Yeah. Are you shaking it? Yeah, me and Ben got our Ooh. dance on. We danced through the whole review. I mean, it's like, it's funny how one of the biggest named games of the list, you know, Rock Band, is now a peripheralist game. We just yeah. play with a controller now. I mean, for me, improvements that they keep making with Dance Central 3, I think, are just awesome. It makes me a better dancer. You know, I know whenever I go out to the clubs, I try some of my Dance Central 3 moves. A lot of people are, a lot of people know it. They're like, did you learn that Dance Central 3? And then we have like a rap battle dance Shut off. Up. I swear. Come on, let's see it. Come on, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. I learned this one. This one's good. What is that? What is that? That was, uh, I can't, I, I didn't want to trip over the wires. I'm telling you, it makes you way more popular in the clubs. Yeah. Makes me way less popular with my roommates who live below me. Ben, when you're going to the clubs, I'm not sure what clubs you're going to, but when you're going to the clubs. He's my, no. Clubs. They're restricted. Yeah, I go to cigar clubs, other kinds of clubs. I gotta say, Just Dance 4, as much as I don't want to like Just Dance anymore, it's so stupid and funny. I feel like I'm at a wedding that I don't want to dance at, but there I am dancing Kids and I'm having a blast. Freak over Just Dance 4. And so maybe really my yeah. inner child freaked out too. So I like that game, but I gotta say the best music game this year, hands down, Sound Shapes. What an amazing accomplishment this was. And not only that game, but also the content that came with it. The Beck material, yeah, that was yeah. one of the best songs all year. I loved creating in it, I loved playing it. I think it's a genius product. Absolutely get my pick. Rags, what are you saying? I'm with Ben. Sound Shapes absolutely was the best music game of the year. And it's funny, I actually thought that the levels that came with it were okay, but the fact that, you know, there's a community creating levels, it's still going, and it's an absolutely fabulous game that's growing and getting better with time. I really like Sound Shapes, I really like what Jonathan Mack and the guys did with that. And the fact, yeah, that you're creating music while also creating levels is something we really haven't seen before. It's getting my vote, man. I think that game is phenomenal. It's so cool. You know what? Sound Shapes, of course, for sure. But what happened to this genre? Because a couple of years ago, this was an absolute juggernaut. This was a powerhouse. We all had the stupid instruments in our houses. Yeah. We had drum sets all over the place. But they're all in the garage now. But what happened? I think they just kind of ran out of ideas. I mean, they stopped coming up with cool new well, ideas. I mean, you got a keyboard, then you had Rocksmith, which yes. didn't work at all. They kind of hit their like that's it they like, how do you make it they better? mastered it and they got everybody dancing yeah that's oh, what everybody's doing the plastic instruments are dead long live sound shapes sound shapes Bravo. it is once again my favorite part of the show this is question time the part of the show when we ask a question that has no right answers but we all weigh in with our opinions and thoughts and today's question is what's the best port or remake of 2012 and this was a huge trend this year yep. going to the ports and remakes i don't know if you guys know this about me but i like metal gear solid a lot and i love the metal gear solid hd collection a lot i thought they did an amazing job with that they must have just been obsessive about the quality and the details but playing peace walker on a big tv all up in HD. That game is awesome, and this included in that collection on the 360 or the PS3, absolutely phenomenal. Major, I've spotted two enemy soldiers. They're probably KGB troops sent to guard Sokolov. 
Talk a little bit about this trend this year. Why did we see this sort of return to all of these old games, all of these HD They're remakes? fantastic games. Well, and they are, for people sure. People don't have these games in HD. They don't have them with the achievements. They don't have them with the trophies and the gamer scores. You know, if you can't get the old machines out or the backwards compatibility and all of the consoles that are out there, I think it's just cool to kind of have the most state-of-the-art versions of some of these old classic games. And there's a lot of value for, you know, a lot of people that never played these things to have them all collected in one go. So I'm, I'm all for it. Another kick at the can at sort of the end of this console generation. Uh, you know what? I think it's important you know? for this business, though. I agree, but I also think that absolutely part of this is just sort of filling out the schedule absolutely. until we get the next boxes. That's the cynicism I was looking for. <laughs> We've got a lot of it over here. And I know, I know Silverman's got some, too. What do you got? But I think part of the issue that I have with this, and I did like some of these games, the Ratchet and Clank collection, the Jack and Daxter collection, particularly those two Sony ones. Currently, I'm in search of someone who could be of assistance in saving the solar system. I think it's fine that they're releasing these collections, but what else did Sony release as an exclusive game for the PS3 this holiday? What was I supposed to buy on my PS3? I feel like I didn't get a good holiday out of Sony. I got a lot of collections of old games. And that, to me, is kind of what happens when you do this too much. You have to kind of say, we're going to put out a couple of these collections, but don't just fill up your entire lineup with these things. You can't fault companies for going back and bringing back these classic games that maybe this generation missed. Seeing Oddworld, Stranger's Wrath get another kick at the can is fantastic because that game was so underrated and overlooked. Any means brings it back. I don't care if it's gas grab, bring that back. I'll play that again. But you know what? A lot of these are lazy. Like the Devil May Cry HD collection, for example, a lot of the stuff is still in four by three ratio. They don't even up-res a lot of the game. And so you're bouncing back and forth between 16 by nine and four by three, and the whole thing just doesn't hold together. But I loved the Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD remake. I couldn't stop playing this thing. I probably put another 15 hours into this game that I hadn't touched in 10 years. I loved it to death. You know, it was so cool to see the original Tony Hawk game back. No, I don't need a fake skateboard. You don't need to take me to the street. Take me to the school. Let's get into the airplane hangar. Let's go old school Tony Hawk style. And it was just, it was fun. It was like, this is what Tony Hawk was all about. This was the game that I was playing on my PlayStation and my Nintendo 64. 2013, right around the corner. Are we going to see a lot more of these things next year as well? Yeah, we're going to see like Bioshock HD, HD collection, the 4K, really? Super HD? high definition <laughs> collection. Smell-O-Vision? Yeah, it's going to come on the PlayStation 4K for sure. That's going to happen again. Well, they're the already doing it with the Wii U. I mean, we have Batman, which got re-released on the Wii U. Mass Effect 3 came out nine months later. But that's okay because if you're a Nintendo-only household, this is your first chance to play like these blockbuster games. If you only have Nintendo console, you've never seen, you know, Arkham City. You've never seen Mass Effect. Hey, looks like there's a recording of what happened here. So you're going to a desert island, Jose. Which one of these HD collections are you taking with you? I'll take Tony Hawk with me anywhere. I mean, I played that game for so long, and here I am playing it again and now in high definition. I'm riding with you, Tony. Steve, you're going to a desert island. It's a different desert island than the one Jose's going Whoa, to. Whoa, why can't it be at Boobs? Tony Hawk. So where you yeah, gonna go? I'm actually taking the Jet Set Radio re-release. It was on the Xbox, oh, uh, PS3, and the yeah. Vita as well, because, I mean, that is one of my all-time favorite games, one of my oh, all-time yeah, favorite worlds. It is, yeah. yeah so I'm taking that to the desert island. Yeah, don't play it in there. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible on the iPhone. What are you gonna do? You're gonna take Ratchet and Clank. I'm not gonna take that. You don't wanna take? What are you gonna take? GTA Vice City on my iOS. I love me some GTA, and they keep re releasing these GTA games on my phone. I can walk around playing Grand Theft Auto. We have got to get on the move here. We have so many games to talk about. 2012 actually turned out to be a pretty busy year, and we are going to celebrate the best games that came out this year. We're going to start right now with the best fighting game of 2012.
Dead or Alive 5, Soul Calibur 5, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, WWE 13. I noticed that one of these things was not like the other, and uh, I think it's because one of us here is not like the other. What'd you, you think? smile! What the dawn is cooking? You know it had to be me. I mean, come on, if you're gonna throw a WWE game into the mix somewhere in a Rocket and Reagan awards ceremony, might as well throw it into fighting games. And WWE 13 took us back to one of the greatest eras in all of wrestling, introducing the Attitude Era. And I was a huge fan. I mean, that's what really sucked me into wrestling and got me all involved. Zangief in this game? Uh, unfortunately, no, because he's not real. <laughs> But you can create them in their amazing creative character. I'm just going to say it, hands down, WWE 13, best fighting game of the year. Okay, so, right, WWE. So WWE 13, we'll get the only vote from Jose. Down. What are you going to, what do you, what, what fighting game are you going to choose? WWE 13, Steve, I'm going to smack your face. <laughs> I want to sit over there now. <laughs> I think had I played WWE 13, I believe that would be my number one choice of the year. But sadly, I just, I didn't get to it. So, I got to go with, uh, nobody else going to. You don't even know any of no, the no, games. You don't even remember. Nobody else yeah. You obviously want My to franchise. Everybody has their franchise. I'm a dead or alive fan. Jubblies. Yeah. Jubblies. There we yeah. go. Three reasons. It's We're my franchise and two more. Mr. Ben Silverman. Well, I'm going to disagree with both foobs and boobs, and I'm going to pick the best fighting game of the year because I think that's the category. Yeah, that is the category. Right? Isn't that what we're looking at? Would be useful. Look, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I wasn't really that excited to play it. And so you played the Vita with 12 extra playable characters? <laughs> they had a lot of playable characters in that version. The characters in the Vita version? Yeah, that you can bring. I know. But the thing is, that actually was a really deep, deep fighting game. There was a lot to do in that game. There's a lot of moves. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of stuff. They did not F around, and they did not F it up. No. The game was fun. There was no effing. It's, yes. uh, there was a lot. There was an X, but no F. Yes. Yeah. That's my pick. Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I'm gonna do. You know, this game crossed with that game. Street Fighter versus Tekken. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. WWE all the way. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know, actually, I feel the way about this, and I'm glad it's leading off the show, the same way that I felt about driving games. I feel kind of about the fighting game genre. I just feel like nothing exciting too much. is happening in yeah. fighting games. We're kind of moving sideways at this point. None of these games really stand out for me, but since I have to pick one, I'm going to go with Soul Calibur V because it has Russell Crowe in it. No, it has Voldo, <laughs> who I love because he's a creepy pervert. I am choosing Street Fighter Cross Tekken. There's 50 characters or something in there. There's over 100 in WWE. I, I know, I know, I know that the Rock is the Rock is not in uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. There's just so many cool things that you can do. And really, this was sold to me when I played the Vita version, which I cannot believe. No, I just can't believe the quality of fighting games on the Vita. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, you are our winner. You win the Rocket and Raygun Award. And right now, it is time for us to take a look at the best role-playing games from 2012. Borderlands 2, Diablo 3, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Mass Effect 3, Torchlight 2. Oh man, those are some amazing games. Raju, you've got to break it down for us. Which one was the best? I love the look of Borderlands 2. Was disappointed by Diablo 3. Torchlight 2 was the most fun wow. I had this year. The pet, that wins it for me. He just goes to the town, drops yourself off, buys stuff for you. It's awesome. There's a David and Goliath <laughs> thing with Torchlight 2 as well, isn't there? You Absolutely. You to love it as much as you do. It's and such a well-made game. It is, and I think it's one of those, like, it's, the focus is on fun. <laughs> 
Ben, what are you going to pick? Well, Mass Effect 3, I think, is going to be the popular choice in this category for most people because it was just so big and beautiful and it resolved this story that we've been playing through for years. But my favorite, the one I had the most fun with, was Borderlands 2. I think I could give this an award in four or five different categories. I loved it as a shooter. I loved it as a role-playing game. I loved it as a co-op multiplayer game. I had a lot of fun with this game. The whole thing was addictive. It was everything I wanted out of a role-playing game. I never wanted to leave the world. You fellas meet the missus? Scott? You know, I think we're all being a little overly harsh on Diablo 3 and what it did at the time. It's still an amazing achievement. We all have to recognize this game as an amazing achievement. I yep. love it, but my vote goes to Borderlands 2 because Claptrap rules. He does rule. Jose, what are you going to pick? I did have some fun playing Diablo 3. I've played it one and a half times. You know, I actually finished it, which is like an accomplishment for me playing a yeah. PC game. But, you know, there's just something about Borderlands. It's so much fun to go through and play with your friends and just have a good time. And again, Claptrap. He should just get in the word. Many thanks, friend of friends. I agree with all the, the Borderlands 2 love, but I just feel that Mass Effect as a series has been so monumental that I think Mass Effect 3 wins to reward the work the Bioware has done over the whole trilogy. I mean, the game itself was solid and amazing. I just think that that whole cohesive three-part unit has to be recognized. So as much fun as I had with Borderlands, I think I got to go with Mass Effect 3. I second that emotion. I think Mass Effect 3 was an absolute accomplishment. I think Bioware Edmonton just knocked my socks off with this game. But I did like all of the other games as well. I thought they were all cool. And Reckoning, I thought, was a totally underrated, super fun, accessible game. And Borderlands <laughs> yes. 2 is absolute candy. But Mass Effect 3, I think, is the artistic winner. But Borderlands 2 is our Rocket and Ray Gun Award You winner. know what's interesting about those two games, Borderlands 2 and Mass Effect 3, is, is how pliable both games are and how they do wear different hats. And that's something I think we're going to see a lot of in the future going forward. Welcome back to the Rocket and Raygun Awards. Sean and I are here, so that means we're talking mobile games. Now we're going to talk about the best strategy game. Field Runners 2, Unstoppable Gorg, Uplink. Hatton, I kind of know what you're going to say, but why don't you tell us anyways? Well, as much as I loved Uplink, it is a port of an older game, so I can't choose that and feel good about it, but I could feel good about choosing Unstoppable Gorg. As a lot of people know, I'm a big fan of 50s cheesy science fiction, and this game has that feeling in spades. I love the fact that you could place your armaments down and then move them around like an orbital path, and that was kind of fresh for me, so I have to go with what felt fresh, Unstoppable Gorg. There can be only one response to the Gorg threat. It's war! I also love 50s uh, sci-fi and all that cheesy stuff. I agree with you. We have a lot of things in common. We should talk after the show. <laughs> but you know what? Field Runners 2 was the game. It got a perfect 10 out of 10 from me. On those red-eye flights, Field Runners 2 just ate up the hours. I was the a-hole at 4 in the morning with the iPad going, and I'm sorry to all of my fellow flight mates. That was me. They were all playing this game, too. Field Runners 2 was ridiculous. That's my choice as well. It's boring choice, just like uh, Infinity Blade 2 is, is kind it. of this a boring is, choice. This is perfection for strategy. It's also value like you cannot believe. Oh you will play this forever, and you pay pretty much almost nothing for okay, this wait, game. Okay, wait, I have to put the brakes on that for one second, yes. because it did just come out for the iPad, and it's $8, which is crazy. Worth yeah, That's a little crazy. It's well, expensive, but for that's for an iOS game, that's a little crazy. But I am going to still go with Field Runners 2, just because it is the perfect airplane yes. game. And I absolutely love Tower Defense. So it's going to Field Runners too. We heart you, Subatomic. Field Runners! Keep making awesome stuff. Congratulations to Field Runners 2. Now we're moving on to best mobile racing game. 
Mini Motor Racing. Need for Speed Most Wanted. Versus Racing 2. Very exciting category. What do you say, Victor Lucas? Well, we have two games that are kind of similar with Mini Motor and Versus Racing, and I love both of them. And Mini Motor Racing actually came out on iOS in 2011, but it came out on Android, which is where I discovered it this year, and I love this game. I think it's just beautiful. It's really cartoony, but terrific controls, absolutely tuned to perfection on the Nexus 7 or the iPad Mini. This is a wonderful game, but Versus 2 would be my next choice. Both incredible games. Not very excited about this category. I don't think that racing games belong on this platform. I think that they're so boring. It's like no pushing—it's like pushing a pot across the floor in the no kitchen. Way. I have more fun pushing a pot across the floor in the kitchen. All three of these but games are amazing. No, they blow. And I'll tell you what—the only one that's halfway decent is the Need for Speed Most Wanted. Even that one's kind of boring. So that's my choice: Need I, for Speed Most Wanted. That's good, but it's the boring choice. I disagree three. that this is a bad platform for racing. The accelerometer controls in every amazing. game that I've played. The steering feels so good. As much as I'd like to go for Need for Speed Most Wanted, something that bummed me out about the game was the fact that the cops are always on your ass. So I'm gonna have to go with Versus Racing too. This is like super sprint on steroids. It looks beautiful. Everything is 3D rendered. It's amazing. Are great in that game. I am going to punch you <laughs> in your face. Marissa, what about you? What's your choice? You know, the controls are actually really great with Versus Racing, and the only problem I had with Need for Speed was the fact that there were so many in-app purchases where yes. we already paid a hefty price for the game, and I really don't like that. So I'm moving on to Versus Racing 2 because it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, and it's perfect pick-up-and-play. We're playing on a mobile device, so that's what we need. Well, versus Racing 2 is our winner. All right, we're done with that category. Woo! <laughs> a lot of fun getting to sit with you guys and talk about games. I'm not having fun at all. Well, hopefully you're going to be having fun talking about all of these amazing shooters that came out in 2012. Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Far Cry 3, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Halo 4, Spec Ops The Line. Well, the fun is out, the guns are out, my friend. There's a whole lot of awesome shooters that came. A lot of sequels, yeah. a lot of big budget sequels coming out, even the return of a franchise from a new studio. A lot of drones. Yeah, a lot of a lot drones. Of drones. <laughs> a lot of stuff blowing up. Ben, what was your favorite shooter of the year? Boy, it's really like a two, three, four, right? We've got Black Ops 2, we've got Far Cry 3, we've got Halo 4. It's a little tiring with all those sequels. Before I get to my choice, though, I just want to shout out for Spec Ops The Line, which I don't think is going to win. You're not picking that. I'm not picking that one. Sorry, I'm just going to shout out. But just a shout out. That's just my what up. Because I did think that game did some really cool stuff with the storytelling. It really played with morality and what it felt like to be in a shooter. There's a line men like us have to cross. But my choice this year, it's not Spec Ops, it's actually Far Cry 3, and I'm a little surprised because I loved Halo 4, loved the story, loved everything about that game. Far Cry 3's single player was one of the best games I played all year, and I think really it's about the single player. There's a multiplayer there as well. Who needs it? I mean, I rampaged on this island, I lit a bear on fire, the bear <laughs> ran into a bunch of enemies, they caught on fire, they blew up a gas station, and then I drove off a cliff. Yes, I love this thing! 
Steve, what about you? Favorite shooter? I gotta say, my disappointment this year was Halo 4. I just felt they were retreading a lot of the stuff we'd seen in the previous Halos. Maybe that was the point. We were bringing back Master Chief, you gotta revisit yeah, familiar territory. with that franchise. Yeah. What else could they have done? You know? yeah, but it is that the story made no sense. It was one of those games where I realized all I was ever doing was listening to Cortana say, go deactivate the frivol gull mugger over here to to turn down these, these shields. I, don't, I never knew what I was doing. If I didn't know where she was pointing me, I wouldn't know what I was doing. But I'm with Ben, I gotta go with Far Cry 3. I didn't see this one coming at all. I yeah. thought, you know, I liked the first Far Cry. Far Cry 2, very different game. Far Cry 3 is, is the best bit of the first two games. This, this amazing world, this amazing island where so much can happen, so much emerging gameplay, you know, we're still on that buzzword. I didn't buy the fact that you're like this dude bro holiday skydiver who goes in one day from never having fired a gun to being able to wield every single weapon yeah. he comes across. That game this year had the, the best meshing of systems. Just, it's like Assassin's Creed, but everything fits together better and all the side missions are fun right. instead of tedious. Right. I'm with these guys. I, I, maybe it's one of those Far Cry 3 is the one I've played the most recently, but still. The open world and the crazy fun that you can have in that game. All of this, the, the nutty stuff, the animals, the wildlife, having minds of it owned, it's absolutely fabulous. But you know, Call of Duty actually tried some really interesting things this year. And you know, considering it is the biggest franchise in the world, you know, permanent death and stuff like that. I'm really impressed with that. But the most fun I had was Far Cry 3. I would want a vacation on this island because it's crazy. <laughs> because of all the beer on fire. fire. But you know, if there's one tropical island, you know, to visit the, in the video game world, this is the one. Nice ride, huh? Victor? Favorite shooter? Um, I actually loved Halo 4. I thought that was a terrific achievement. I was not expecting to love it as much as I did. I think 343 took the reins and honored every fan of the franchise. All of the doubters out there, except for Steve Tilley, were satiated by this thing. I think Far Cry 3 is just an unbelievable achievement. It's just so fun in every direction. Everybody should be playing this game. Four votes for Far Cry 3. Scott Jones, do you agree with the masses? You know, I loved Halo 4 as well. Vic and I talked a lot about Halo, and I, I agree with Steve, though. The story is very vague. I'm just running around pushing this switch in and pulling this switch out. And my big qualm with Far Cry 3 is so much of this sprawling island looks absolutely identical. You know, there's a cave on the east side of the island. looks like a cave on the west side of the island. No matter how far I go, it's always palm trees and rocks and more trees and mountains. It's the same damn thing but it's so compelling. Far Cry 3 does so many things right. You know what, I almost forgot about this thing. I wrote it off at the end of the year because it came in so late, just yeah. under the wire, yeah. and then I started playing it and I couldn't stop and I'm just tilted. It's gotta be Far Cry 3. Might be a contender for game of the year, this one. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be uh, unanimous with my vote. I mean, I did have a great time playing Halo 4. Like, I have to agree, 343 did a good job. Even Black Ops, like, I wasn't a big fan of Modern Warfare 3 and Black Ops got me sucked back into the multiplayer and I couldn't believe how much fun I was having and getting all these perks and all the different upgrades and got the ROTR tag on my gun just because that's my clan tag. This is how we roll. But, and then I started playing the last shooter of the year, Far Cry 3. You better be right about this. Far Cry 3 is the unanimous winner for best shooter of 2012. Here's your award. Bravo, Ubisoft. Here in the final part of the show, we play it fast and loose, and we pose a question to all six uncomfortable men sitting in these uncomfortable chairs, and uh, we wax poetic a little bit here. The question here is, let's reminisce a little about 2012. It's not so much a question as it is a statement. Jose, let's start with you. Let's look back at 2012. What are some of your favorite moments? Well, you know, I think living up to a name is a very important thing, especially in, you know, when you're reviewing video games, and Ben and I have been dubbed the Crappeteers this year, so having to take a look at a 
lot of terrible games throughout the year. Just a highlight, just a special moment for me. You guys got some good ones. Yeah, well, you guys had get, a lot of good ones. We, uh, we did get a lot of good ones. Being in San Francisco, you would think, you know, there's a lot of stuff we get to review that's pretty cool. The new Driver game was in San Francisco. That was awesome. Jerry Rice, he's from San Francisco. Why not throw in Jerry Rice and Nidus' dog football? Woo! Crop of tears to the rescue, my friend. <laughs> Pass incomplete. I just can't wait to see how crappy the games get in 2013. There's a lot of love in the air, obviously, between the two of you. Yeah. Ben Silverman, please, please take this rose. <laughs> Do I have to actually give him a rose? No. Because I, I have done that. My most memorable moments of the year didn't actually have to do with the games, because we play lots and lots of games, and I can't remember almost any of them at this point. I only remember the great ones we today. Cry. We just gave Far Cry 3 an award. <laughs> okay, that was, what was that one now? Was that the, I, Bears. I killed bears in that one. That was a good game. But I gotta say my most memorable moments, they had to do with the people that I get to work with. We did a little segment this year about us running around as a detective duo in San Francisco. We did it as an answer to a viewer question. And I gotta say, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Was it gonna be any fun? Was it gonna be weird? I got to wear a giant mustache. Yeah. It was very windy. Yeah, we pitched it as a show, guys. All the networks turned us down. In fact, uh, we've, we're not allowed to pitch any more shows. <laughs> but I also had a blast this year at E3 and that blast, my friend, was delivered by you, Scott Jones. I don't blasted, remember. all right. You sure blasted <laughs> off your pants right in the middle of the shoot. You said you had a bug. I think you were just warm. Seriously, there's something in my pants. What? What? Oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry for doing that. Don't be sorry, because this is the most memorable moment I had all year. Glad I'm I could help. Laughing it. at oh, you man. pulling off your pants in the middle of downtown LA. Did you expect me to be wearing that kind of underwear? Because Vic's always shocked no. when he sees me in my underwear. No, I thought you were gonna have those straps to connect the socks to the underwear. That's what I, <laughs> I didn't get ladies, man. It's like a so 12 year old boy. I, I like to hold my stuff together. Okay. Oh, it's still in there, man. Steve Tilly, what about you? Let's look back at 2012. Well, one of my most memorable experiences this year was when Vic was off and you and I did the show together for a while. We made some magic. Stop that time. <laughs> and I gotta say it was really intimidating because these shoes don't look that big on camera, but man, those are some big shoes to fill. And standing next to you on this very set, trying not to completely embarrass myself was a challenge, but I think we had fun. You I think we had fun, awesome. we had fun. I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was, ni it was nice to have yes. a little break yeah, a little and to switch break. gears. Yeah. And you know, you enjoy your breaks from me. I know that's just how this relationship well, works sometimes. It, you know, that was the first time I didn't host reviews on the run. So to sit back yeah. and watch, yeah, yeah since, since its inception, so 237 years later. I know. <laughs> I am the Yoda of video game Are TV. Are you a Highlander? We will keep going with this, we will. But to watch this stuff getting made and to see how great you guys delivered it and just took care of my other baby was really fantastic. It was really, yeah, it was that was totally a great fun moment. fun to have you here and to have you in the studio well, for I a felt, few days. I don't want to get too sappy. I felt honored to have the I chance. To uh, but but uh, well, Kevin and the baby, man. Okay. He's going to get on it. We're trying to get him <laughs> to learn how to take a vacation. <laughs> see you next time, everyone. Stop touching me. Sorry. Raji, what are some of your favorite moments from 2012? We shoot once a week and, you know, it's work, but it's always fun work. And Steve and, you know, our camera producer, Darcy, is awesome. But, you know, it's funny, you guys always come to Toronto for Fan Expo, and I love all the fans that come out there, but the best memories I have are the guys that stop me on the street in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it happens a lot. He gets recognized way more than you I know, do. Yeah. No, like, he's just loved way more than I am. No, like, it's awesome, and our fans are the best. The fact that there are, are people that care about it and also, you know, like us for doing it and then want to come chat about what we're 
they're playing, what they're doing. I mean, this, this, that just makes it so much more awesome. We got to move to Toronto. You know, I I actually woke up this morning with butterflies in my stomach, thinking about seeing all of you today, thinking about the fact that I get to spend time with you guys today. But, you know, getting to work with Victor every day is very special. He's a special guy, you know, and we shared a moment once. We were walking along a beach. The sun was just glancing off of his eyes in a way. Do you have any footage of this? It was intriguing no, for me. <laughs> and, to, and to bring things down and cheapen the room a little, we actually had a pretty good year for video games, you know? Okay. We've got a lot of good stuff. What about you, my friend? Definitely the carriage ride in New York was uh, weird, and oh. also watching you freak out over Ninja Gaiden 3 was really fun. This game is fucking shit. Yeah, they, This uh, is dog shit. I don't even know what the fuck happened, they, and I let my passion out sometimes. That was awesome. Right now, we're going to talk about the best exclusive console game of 2012. Halo 4, The Last Story, Little Big Planet Karting, Zombie U. So I'm wearing a lot of makeup today. I just came from the set of The Artist 2. I'm in that movie, so look for me uh, next year when that comes out. But let's start with Steve Tilly. Steve, what's your favorite exclusive console game of 2012? Well, when I'm listening to the nominees being read, I feel like there's only half a list there or something with only four exclusive yeah, console games worth mentioning. It's crazy. I mean, I guess I would say Halo 4 because Halo 4 was by far the most competent and polished of those games. But it raises a bigger question of what is happening to the console exclusives. Yeah, doesn't it matter anymore that if a game is available only for one console. I mean, we've seen this pool shrink and shrink year in and year out, and this year, this is the smallest one ever. Ben Silverman, what do you think? Well, I think Nintendo in particular, you can't expect a lot out of them necessarily for most of the year because they pretty much wrote off the Wii. Finally, we did get a great exclusive with Zombie U on the Wii U, which I think is one of the strongest games in this category. That was a really cool, very weird game. <laughs> I gotta say though, Halo 4 of these games was my favorite. Not only exclusive, it's one of my favorite shooters. I think this was a great game. I disagree with the complaints about the story. I also liked how great the multiplayer here was. This was really some of the most seamless multiplayer I'd experienced all year. And I think that this is Microsoft's flagship and they didn't drop it. I think Halo 4 was the best one in this category. Spartan Ops as well, yeah. another great component to a very rich package yeah, for Tim a Schaefer game. Yeah, likes to say it's the shooter where you get a little tiny blue stripper. I thought you'd never ask. Hey, yeah. listen. Listen, you like to talk. I do next. like to talk. You're okay. next. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Zombie U. I think that's a terrific game. It's a landmark game you in any year. You educated me on this game. I'm going to leave that out there. You kept saying, keep playing this thing. Don't give up on it. There's yep. great stuff there. It's new. It's right for once. legitimately scary. It's very artistically created. I think there's terrific narration and voiceover dialogue throughout there. Great sense of place as well. Like this totally apocalyptic London is just super fun to walk around in. I was spooked the entire time I was playing it and the idea of using the gamepad to manage your inventory brilliant yeah you were texting me while you were playing this thing and it's just like I'm pooping my pants so that, scary. I'm assuming that's what you were saying out loud when you were you using the gamepad and texting at the same time <laughs> <laughs> he's got six or seven screens around right. he's Victor yeah. Lucas too. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Sanchez best console exclusive 2012 Go. zombie you may have been new and innovative but 343 is also new to the Halo franchise and I thought they hit a home run with Halo 4 I mean I definitely looking forward to seeing how they're gonna change it and make it their own Halo 5, I want it. I want it now. I'm not going to get it for Can a while. Can you explain to Steve what happens in the game? Go. Um, Cortana gets smoking hot, and, and Master Chief is trying to hit that. <laughs> All right. She's sexy. She's sexy. Master Chief just wants a piece. Whoa, cowboy. 
Raju Mudar, it is your turn, my friend. Console exclusive. I will join the chorus. I did enjoy Halo 4. I agree that there were some issues with the repetitive gameplay, but I really think this was more about sort of the franchise returning in new hands and in good hands. Better looking than we've ever seen it before. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, you know, that is something that's underrated about the game is I can't recall a better looking Xbox 360 game. Yeah, like, it looked amazing. You know what? And they're, they're doing the episodic contact too, right, with Spartan Ops. Yep. And I'm really curious to see how that's going to go and whether, you know, other really, really big budget games are going to follow that. But I also think in terms of lack of exclusives, I mean, I still think part of this is waiting game for yeah. the next gen boxes, what, what right? What happened with Sony this year? I yeah, mean, we, we specifically aren't talking about the downloadable games because we'd be talking about Journey, we'd be talking about Mark of the Ninja. I think Sony completely blew it this year. This is the Vita year, dumping all the, the yeah, opportunity Yeah, but I've got a PS3 sitting there if I'm a PS3 owner. I still have the system. I still need to be invested in this There's system. There's no excuse. The Last of Us should be out this year. Yeah. It should have been the game of 2012. I know, it might Absolutely. be too little too You know, late. guys, I have not weighed in yet, and I've been holding my cards close to my yeah. chest, and no, it's Zombie U. It's got to be Zombie U. Of course, I agree with Victor 100%. This is the one and only time on the show that I've ever agreed with Vic, so <laughs> mark your calendars. Probably won't happen again. I love this game to death. Yeah. I can't stop playing it. But I agree with you guys. Halo 4 was awesome, 100% awesome through and through. Some fine work from 343 for sure, yep. and I think that that's going to win. Of course, that's going to win by a landslide, but the final question here before we wrap up is, is the age of the console exclusive dead once and for all? Is that the end of it? I don't think it's dead. Microsoft and Sony have seen what Nintendo has to offer with the Wii U. They're going to come out and kick the living crap out of it. Because a lot of the awesome games that we can't wait to play next year come out early next year. So this time at E3 next year when we're like, oh my god, have you seen all the games we've had this first half of the year? Awesome. Oh, they just announced all these new consoles that are coming out in 2014. Mine's blown. Pants pooped, maybe down for you on the ground. <laughs> you, 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 you think 2014 for these consoles? I think we're getting them next year for sure. The Wii U doesn't do anything to scare what Microsoft and PlayStation 3 are doing no, now. The industry needs new machines, 100%. Where I think things have changed and why I don't necessarily think console exclusives are necessarily going to be the future, we've got Black Ops 2, we've got what Call of Duty's done as far as being a multi-platform machine and changing the way publishers try to make money. You know, Grand Theft Auto 5 is going to be coming out next year. That's going to be the biggest game of the Year, and that's not going to only be on one system. But I think that if these guys want us to buy consoles, they have to come with cool console exclusives. Sony's invested a lot in development. You know what, guys? And Microsoft needs to do that too. I'm going to leave you with one word. Ooyah, and congratulations to 343. You are our big winner, the console exclusive. We are joined now by Sean Hatton and Marissa Roberto, two of my most favorite people on Earth. They're also mobile gaming experts, and they're here to talk to us about the best mobile role-playing game of 2012. Bastion, Punch Quest, Sordigo. Marissa Roberto, some tough choices there. You're on the hot seat. Go ahead and choose one. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and say Bastion, because even though this game was made for another console, mm -hmm. let's say. I just feel like it was made for iOS. Really, the developers were thinking of iOS the whole time because the touch controls of this game are perfect. Just perfectly matched for the iOS. I'm so excited to play this game. I still play it now, and that's saying a lot because we play a lot of games. You know what, I'm gonna skip over Victor Lucas this time. We're gonna go right to Sean Hatton, my other favorite person here on the panel. Sean Hatton, what's your choice? I'm gonna have to go with Bastion as well because this game, as Marissa said, feels 
at home on the iPad. The Xbox 361, it felt good. It was a great game. But right here on the mobile device, it just feels natural. And it feels like this was always meant to be. It's like peanut butter and chocolate coming together for the first oh, time. Yeah, and, it's so and it's delicious. Shot Hatton ended up picking Bastion. <laughs> he knows he should draw the string all the way back. The kid picked Bastion. The kid picked the Bastion. What about this kid over here? Victor yeah. Lucas, you weigh in. Bastion feels like an elegant dream on the iPad. I mean, it's just elegant a beautiful game. It's just a tremendous accomplishment. It was a 2011 game, but it's incredible in 2012, and it's my favorite of the iOS games this year, so for sure. That's your elegant dream pick? Mm -hmm. What about Punch Quest? Uh, Are you guys crazy? Punch Quest Punch is so fun Quest and crazy and awesome. Vote. Yeah, it's a great game. Bastion's just so beautiful. Kid has a feeling he better get a move on. Congratulations once again to Supergiant Games. Excellent work on Bastion, though I'm pretty sure that Punch Quest should have won. Moving on now, it is time for the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the 2012 Mobile Game of the Year. Here are the nominees. Bastion beat Sneak Bandit. Field Runners 2, Waking Mars, The Walking Dead. An unbelievably busy category. Every single one of these games is a winner, and you're all winners too if you're watching at home. But you know what? Let's start with Victor Lucas. First of all, you have to download every single one of these games. They're all perfect $11. mobile experiences. Yeah, you're not going to spend very much money. You're going to have hundreds of hours of entertainment. Of I think that these are all absolutely fantastic. Most of them are 10 out of 10 titles but I have to give it to The Walking Dead. You're still kind of freaking me out. Adventure games, especially point-and-click adventure games, those are hard games to kind of cross over and appeal to a really wide group of people, but The Walking Dead has done it, and I'm such a big fan of the fiction, of the TV show, and of the comic series, and it's just a love letter to the fans of those franchises, and it's a wonderful game, incredible accomplishment, Telltale. So Victor Lucas picks The Walking Dead, and I'm going to weigh in here. My pick for the year has got to be the game that ate up the most hours for me that's absolutely field runners 2 congratulations once again to subatomic games they made an amazing achievement here you've got to download this thing you got to play this thing but right now I need to hear from Sean Hatton he's up I like how you said congratulations yeah. to subatomic games like we all decided that no, field runners what, what's that about it's all finished they got the Scott Jones what, what about you sir well as everyone knows on this panel I loved waking Mars so much I mean this game it embodies the feeling of Star Trek the original series the next generation Generation. We're going out on this scientific exploration of Metroid vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. got Metroid. Yeah. You feel helpless at times. You feel super powerful at times. I mean, you've got a jetpack, which is cool. I have to go with my heart, and in my heart, it's all about waking Mars. All right, I'm going to take a second here and congratulate Subatomic Games once again, <laughs> and then I'm going to go to Marissa Roberto. Marissa, we've got we've had three different choices here. It's up to you. What are you going to pick? Okay, this is going to be a problem. All right, I'm going to tell you right now because. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Beat Snake Bandit. Oh. Yes, I'm so, gonna have to go to this the is a problem, and I don't really think Vic should be the tiebreaker. I really don't think that's fair because Sean and I have played a lot of games, yeah, and I feel like it's okay. I'm your boss. Oh, okay. It's, it's okay, we then I guess I'll just be quiet then. So we're just giving it to The Walking Dead. That's what we're doing. I, well, that's oh, come on. I, I, one of them has to win, and it's gonna be The Walking Dead. But that is a perfect example of how tough this category is, and how fantastic each one of these games is. Five dollars worth of groceries in a $10 bag. This feels like a ripoff. Man, that was a hell of a ride, huh? Now, before we go, before Sean breaks wind and we go our separate ways here, I just want to say that I love watching you two Absolutely. work on the show. The mobile segments Hi. of the show have become my one of my favorite segments of the show. Vic and I are still my most compelling segment to watch, but you guys are a close second. Now we're going to take a look at the best PC exclusive of the year. 
Black Mesa, Diablo 3, Secret World, Slender, Torchlight 2. So we have the nominees, and Steve, we're the Steam PC guys. We're the Steamers. What do you think? Well, I think the PC is this golden garden of beautiful little gems that needs to be explored. I mean, Steam is the platform that I'm most excited about right now because that is where the innovation is happening. That's where the ideas are growing. We saw stuff like Slender, which we mentioned, which is the scariest thing I've played in years. A couple games that didn't make a list, like Hotline Miami, FTL. But if we're talking about the big games, you know, Diablo 3... We hated on it a lot for some good reasons. The always on thing was huge, knock against it. The fact that we waited a decade for a game that didn't really seem to push its own genre forward that much kind of annoyed me, which is why I think Torchlight 2 was the one that did it for me because Torchlight 2, despite being a smaller, cheaper game, is the better of the two action RPGs. A more interesting world, more compelling mechanics, the pet that goes to the store and buys stuff for you. It's like, dog, go to the store and get me a pound of sugar and a couple swords yeah. and a, you know, a sack of loot. No, I absolutely agree. I think one of my favorites of the year. How about you, Ben? I really did like Torchlight a lot, and it reminded me of the first Dungeon Siege game a little bit. It was very cool and very interesting, and I like seeing those smaller games take on the big boys. But if I'm going to be honest here, and we're all about honesty yeah. on the show, I got to go with Diablo 3, and I know we bitched and moaned about it, but I played the hell out of it. I played it. I kept playing it. I stopped playing Torchlight after a while. Maybe I was burnt because it came out after Diablo, but I still had a ton of fun with this game. I had a blast with that game. It gets my vote. So it looks like we're going to be a Diablo 3 versus a clone. Jose? I'm right there with Ben. You know, Diablo 3 is a game I sat down, I was anticipating. I played the Diablos way back in the day, and I hadn't played them in a very long time. And now I had a computer. I was like, all right, let's do this. Hopped in Diablo 3, and I was just click, 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 click <laughs> to the wee hours of the morning. I wish I had a click counter and how many times I actually clicked during the damn playthrough that I did for Diablo 3. Mr. Lucas, what do you think? Uh, Diablo 3 is an incredible piece of work, and I don't know if it lived up to the expectation. I agree. But it's still a terrific looking game, a terrific playing game. I'm going to tip it to Diablo 3 in the end. Mr. Jones. You know what, guys? I'm going to throw a wrench into the works here and pick Black Mesa. And I'll tell you why. Earlier in a previous show, we were talking about remakes and HD do-overs and stuff like that. Here is something that was born out of pure love yeah. for a video game. This was done by guys who were paid no money, and they recreated Half-Life from scratch in beautiful high-resolution graphics. This is amazing. I saw Steve and Raju review this on the show, and I immediately downloaded it, and I was just hoovered back into the Half-Life world. And I think this is something we need to remember when we look at games and when we do these year-end shows like this is that all of this is born out of a place of passion. This is all born out of a place of love. Diablo 3 is awesome, but for me, it's Black Mesa all the way. I think that I would like to shout out Slender because I think that that sort of speaks to sort of the innovation happening right now on PC and all the small games. And, you know, and there's a game that, you know, no direction, it's super creepy and it's a small experience, but it is truly unique. For me, I'm going to go with Torchlight 2 because that's the game that I had the most fun with on my PC this year. I so. think it's Diablo 3 still winning yes, it, though. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So, Blizzard, congratulations. Diablo 3 is our best PC exclusive of the year. It is done. The beast is dead. And I'll tell you something, with Steam as the sort of machine that we all sort of center around when we're talking about PC, that's your biggest threat to consoles. Can you play tank, 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 tank you on Steam? Play tank, 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 <laughs> well, then I don't it. want it. And listen, we have one more kind of special award that we're going to give. This is a thinking person's game of the year, and we really could only think of one game that sort of satisfied this category, and it wins our rocket and ray gun. It is XCOM Enemy Unknown. Fantastic game from 2K. Ben Silverman, take it over. I love this game. I mean, I just 
love, love, love this game. Yeah. Dead and gone. Almost as much as Tank Tank Tank. I played a little bit of the original XCOM back in the day, and it was very cool and very hard and very crazy. And you didn't. It was too hard. It was me. a little bit too hard of yeah, a game, of a strategy game. This managed to take all of the beautiful design of a game like the original XCOM. It brought it up to speed without making it so difficult that you couldn't get involved. It made it accessible but still smart. A remarkable game. A really a great, great achievement by Firaxis. Another game that not enough people have. Purchase. Not enough people have played. No, it's not a game for everybody. I mean, strategy games on consoles—that's a weird match, anyway. Great work out there, people. This is the Big Daddy. This is the moment you've been waiting for. This is the game of the year. Here are the nominees: Assassin's Creed 3, Borderlands 2, Dishonored, Far Cry 3, Halo 4, Journey, Mark of the Ninja, Mass Effect 3. The Walking Dead, XCOM, Enemy Unknown, Zombie U. An enormous list. Scott was saying, "What is this every game that was released Basically, in 2012? It, it feels is. like it is. Kind of. But these are all fantastic games. Raju, which one's the best? What a great year for stealth games. And stealth used in a number of different ways, but for me, it was Dishonored. That was the game I think that I had the most fun with. Yes, a bit more of a closed world than some of the other contenders. I mean, Far Cry 3 would be one that, you know, might be second on my list, but I just loved Corvo. I loved Dunwall. It has been a great year for stealth, and I'll tell you what games did this year is they forced us to slow down again. You know, we had so many games that make us just run through these gameplay worlds. Don't, don't stop and look at anything, because yeah. if you do, the mirage will fall away. But this was a year where games invited us to stop and look and Read really notice these. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, <laughs> nothing like reading virtual books. But I agree, you're right, Raju, I agree with you 100%. All right, Jose, what are you going to say? We unanimously gave Far Cry 3 the best shooter of the year, but I'm going to pick the game that I felt is the best game that I've played all year long, and I literally played it, well, pretty much all year long because it took a while to get to me, The Walking Dead. Everybody, run! I mean, I can't believe a video game experience brought me to just, just like little teardrops. Yeah, it's the David Jaffe thing yeah, where he's like, do we have any video games that could make us cry? And he said that as a joke. I cannot believe that you cried, and I cannot believe that you cried either. I know. It's, 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 it's just, it's just an amazing accomplishment, you know, comparing notes with Ben after we shoot our review. And the way that we played the game so differently, and it got to this final experience in this last episode, it just culminated in such a perfect experience for me this year. Two Dishonored, One Walking Dead. What are you going to say, Steve? Well, oh man, this is a tough category because Walking Dead was so amazing. When I played Journey, I actually thought Journey was going to be my game of the year. That was the one that was sticking with me the most up until that point. Then I played Dishonored. Dishonored was the one that I knew was going to be my game of the year, but then Far Cry 3 came out, and now I find myself trying to choose between the bold new IP and this amazing new world that just does everything right versus the open world game that just gets all the systems right. And, you know, it's an open world game where the races are fun. All right. these things that are normally throwaway missions. As much as I love Dishonored and I love what those guys did with that world, Far Cry 3 was the one that I would go back to more and play more and had just a little more fun with. You know, I love how all these games find a way to wedge 
even more games inside the games. There's a poker game in Far Cry 3. Your <laughs> friends right, are yeah. ostensibly being tortured to death. <laughs> Let's stop and play a few hands of poker. <laughs> Who's in for some poker? In a way, Dishonored and Far Cry 3, they're almost like a flip inverse of each other. When I play Dishonored, it really reminds me of this sort of tight genius of Batman Arkham Asylum, you know, oh, where it Batman. wasn't, Here we go. which wasn't so, <laughs> which wasn't so big of a game that you were lost in it, you know, it wasn't overcome by its ambitions. And I really felt the same way with Dishonored. It was just a really intelligently designed first kick at this brand new world that really felt fleshed out, really lived in, characters that I cared about instantly. Corvo, you're back! You know, I gotta tell you, when I got to the end of Dishonored, yeah. I didn't have tears, but I was a little misty. It takes a lot to make me cry, and I felt something for Samuel, the boat guy who's yeah. driving you around at the very end. I don't want to spoil too much, but he gives you a little speech where he says, we've had some good times together. I was like, we gotta have Samuel have yeah. I'm gonna miss you! Why I keep sticking my neck out for you eludes me. I certainly want a lot more of Dishonored, and that's a great testament to any game out there. What are you gonna pick, Ben? I gotta say, for me, this is a battle between my heart and my mind. That's what this has come down to this year. It's quite a battle, because I have a very small mind and a very mediocre heart. Might, we don't need to talk about that. No, I mean, this is really a matter of games that emotionally, you know, drive you to new places. And video games don't really do that very often. It's rare when you feel yourself really moved by a game in a way that a film or a book or something else can move you. We talk about games as art all the time, but which ones really do that? Which are the few games that do that? This year, there were two. There was Journey that actually, by the end of that game, I felt exhausted, I felt exhilarated, I felt sad, I felt happy. All of these things in like a three-hour game. And then there was The Walking Dead, which by the end of that game, I was a total wreck. And what I thought was so amazing about that... A wreck in a great way. What I thought was so amazing about that is, look, every licensed property that we see, you know, we always assume they're going to be bad. Right. A game based on a television show, that's a throwaway. A game based on a film, it's going to be a disaster. This is a game based on a television show, based on a comic book, that is, I would say, the best of the bunch. I liked it more than the graphic novels. I liked it more than the show. Walking Dead, that's got to be my choice. I don't know if I've been moved by a video game that much in my life. That's fantastic. So two votes for Walking Dead, three Dishonoreds, one Far Cry 3. Dishonored is our winner for yeah. Game of the Year. You know, even though I finished it, I still feel like this world holds lots of mysteries for me. Yeah. I finished it twice, and I feel there's still so much I haven't done in this game yet. But I do want to play more of The Walking Dead. Ben really sold me on that thing. Quite a list of nominees in there, and uh, listen, we were winners in 2012. We were the ones that got to play all of these things, and we were severely entertained. So we get awards, too? Uh, we do not get awards, <laughs> no. We do get to come back, though, with a whole bunch of new games in 2013. We hope you're with us. Thank you so much. Keep your eyes out for the Rocket and Ray Gun Awards 2013. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, that wraps up the Rocket and Reagan Awards on Vic's Basement. That was really cool. That was exhaustive and exhausting at the same time. It was really wonderful. I just, uh, you know, I laughed. I cried. It was such an event this year. We had six guest hosts on here. And guess what? In 2013, we have huge plans for Vic's Basement. You're not going to believe it, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Yeah, and thanks, everybody, for supporting us as we kicked it off in 2012 and for uh, rating us on the iTunes uh, on podcast and on Stitcher and, uh, uh, you know, tweeting us and, and uh, sending us messages on Facebook and on the uh, epdaily.tv website. We love you guys so much. Right. Happy non-denominational holiday to you and yours. And we'll be back next year with all brand new Vic's Basement for you. So long, everybody.